Welcome to the Working Women's Channel. My name is Clara Capano, and we're gonna share the real secrets to success. Come on in. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to another episode of the Working Women's Channel. I am your host, Clara Capano, and today we are going to be focused on finding our joy in life, which is always there, even if we sometimes cannot see it. And today I am just so excited and honored to have one of my dear friends, Lori Marini here with us. And she is coming in from the Florida area. So Lori, welcome. Thanks so much for being here with us. Oh, thank you so much. The honor is truly mine. I would do anything for you. You know that. You're so sweet. So we met, you know, a few years ago, kind of doing some book collaborations together, and we have done some other things, but on the same speaking stages together. But why don't you just briefly sort of introduce yourself to the group here and let us know a little bit about you? Oh, sure. So in a previous life, I was a physician assistant in pathology, which means that I'm a tumor expert. um, And I've spent over 20 years working with cancer. Um, And then I was diagnosed with cancer. And then that led me to some trauma (laughs) that ultimately shifted my life. And now I'm a master life and wellness coach. And I support women in just really empowering themselves and living their best life. Love it. Fantastic. Well, I know we are going to have a a really great episode today, and there's so many things that I want to talk with you about. But, you know, the whole point of this show is just to remind women that no matter what we are going through, one, we are not alone, and two, there is always way to the other side. And we know that the the road to success and the road to getting where we want to go is not always paved in gold. And sometimes life loves to slap us upside the head. So I think I know what you're going to be sharing with us. But um, can you think about a time where, you know, you sort of had to, you know, maybe take a step back and where life didn't go how you planned and how you still maintain showing up every day? Oh, I love this question. Because if you know me personally, you know that I am prepared. I am like the Girl Scout who is never a Girl Scout, right? So I knew exactly what I wanted to look my life to look like. I knew exactly I was everything was in place. I was working a nine to five, well, more like a 12 hour a day, but you know what I mean? Um, in healthcare, I had been in the same place for almost 15 years. I also was working my what I called my retirement job. So I set myself to, self up to transition into being a professor at one of the local colleges. So I was really I had my house by the beach like I was living life according to, the, you know, how I wanted it. And I was doing I was putting all the pieces in place. And then one day I had an opportunity to go back to a uh, prominent place in Boston. And I was like, well, I have everything set up now. Why am I going to do this? And so I really doubted it. I turned the job down three times. So if you hear anything of this conversation is the universe is going to keep putting things in your way, like pay attention. So literally I was having coffee with a friend and I'm like, I don't know. I think maybe I should consider going back to Boston And I had an email drafted where it said, okay, I accept the position. And it was like, this was my last shot. I knew it, right? They weren't going to keep coming back. So he pressed the send button for me. And I was like, what did you just do? And then it's like, you can't take it back. 
So I sold my whole life. I went and I moved myself back to Boston. And I remember at the time being like, okay, universe, I don't know why you're bringing me back here. Like I've been here, done that, but I'm just going to be here. And this is a really long convoluted way to tell, to tell you guys that I followed the signs back to Boston to work for a really great institution cancer, like leading cancer institution to get diagnosed with breast cancer the year after. And if you, you know, every day I was working front lines with metastatic cancer patients, like we were validating drugs and standard of care and like cutting edge. So for me, I was like, wait a second, that's not supposed to be me. I'm not supposed to be the one one helping people. Not, I'm not supposed to have this. Totally. Right. So then, you know, like I said, the universe puts you where it wants you. I happened to be working for one of the world best breast oncologists. So again, the universe was saying, take this job because you're going to need this person, even though we thousand percent. Right. And I fought it the whole time. I fought it. I was like, no, I'm good. I got everything set. And like, I look back now that if I didn't take that opportunity and really set myself up to win my battle that I had no idea was coming, right? Because like I made one call to my boss and like he had everything set up and I was in surgery within two weeks, right? Like it was like, I didn't even know what was happening in my life. And that to me was that defining moment of cut it out, start taking care of yourself, stop working long hours, stop worrying about everybody else, put yourself first. And I needed a huge hit on the head, like cancer, to do that for myself because I was never listening to myself and I was never putting myself first. Now, I would love your thoughts on this, but my thoughts on this is that oftentimes that's exactly what needs to happen is most of us do not listen. And it's unfortunate because, again, we don't want these big things to happen. But why do you think it is that we, you know, drive ourselves so much and we don't listen to these signs until it's too late? Oh, I think we have a vision of what we want our life to be, Mm -hmm. right? Like we think that we know what we need. But the funny part is, is that things are going to show up for you mm-hmm. along the lines of what you want, yeah. but they may not look like the way that you want them to. And we get caught in that like vision of what we want to create and not look for the opportunities that are actually in front of us. Yeah. And I know that I am definitely, you know, I have faced this on my own and, you know, it's so true. It's like, it'll keep coming back to you until you're ready to really face it. And, you know, this concept of sometimes we have to surrender and, and lean into it can be so challenging for us because that also means that sometimes we have to give up control or give up control of that pretty picture, you know, even though we don't know what the other picture is going to look like and trust. And it's really hard. Exactly. It's the fear of the unknown, right? Like if you you're working towards something because you always said, okay, I'm going to be married by the time I'm 25. I'm going to have kids by the time that I'm 30. I'm going to be working such and such, making such and such amount of money living in this town with a white picket fence, right? We have these dreams when we're young Mm -hmm. that we bring along with us that sometimes are no longer in alignment with who we are as an adult. 
Exactly. Exactly. So I want to just back up it for a moment, if if you don't mind, and talk about cancer, um, because you know obviously you are in this world where you are working with now your peers, kind of because you are a patient as well, and how you know it can just take so much out of you. You know, cancer sucks. I mean, there's no way around it. And, you know, how do you keep showing up? Because being on the front line, the patients coming to the office need you to be positive, need you to be like, no, we're going to tackle this and we're going to get through it. And you're like, my life is falling apart. I'm going through this too. I don't feel well today. How did you muster up the energy to even show up each day and do what you needed to do for the others all while still taking care of yourself? Oh, I love this question. So it was really, really difficult to the point that I, I became really good at compartmentalizing my emotions. So as I was working with patients, I was like, you got this. It's good. Right. And the inside I'm saying to myself, oh my God, like, I don't want to be manifesting metastatic cancer for myself. I, I want to heal myself. And so I found myself crying on the elevator, right? In between patients, I would go and I would just release all the emotions that I was feeling. Um, you know, and the ironic part is that I recognize that I'm like, this is no longer how I should be serving people. So for me, I worked so hard to become a PA. It was some, one of the things that I was most proud of as far as something I did for myself. And then I recognized in the moment, I'm like, right now, what I thought is my dream job is now not serving me. Mm. So I recognized I needed to pivot because I couldn't live a life like that. I couldn't live a life where I was trying to heal myself, yet confronted every day with the worst case scenario. So that's what kind of led you then to shift into what you're doing now. Yeah. You know, so I recognized if I felt so confronted, if I was having such a hard time and I had, gosh, 10 years of education and, you know, 20 years of experience on this specific topic, then how the heck does anybody else get through it? Mm -hmm. So I was like, I need to do something for people where they feel supported, where they don't feel as, you know, alone, where they don't feel as unsure. So then I started um, my own business where I will go through with clients. I will read their pathology report. I'll make sure they understand everything that's going on for them. I will provide them questions for their first appointment, you know, with their providers. And then they'll come back to me. They'll tell me what treatment. And like, I don't play with the treatment because I want, but I want them to understand okay, this is what this medication does. This is what this medication does. And that way they are empowered mm-hmm. to really go down that path and feel comfortable. Yeah. You know, and also we yeah. have- I love that so much because I think that, you know, first of all, everybody is going to have a different um, perspective and a different experience with it and their families too. And I think that there are so many things that, you know, questions that they don't know what to ask. You know, and here it is as somebody that they can go to that's going to say, these are the things you need to know, even though you don't need know you need to know them yet. And again, being very real with them about it so that you can, you know, better prepare them and prepare their family, but come from a place of, again, love and support with them. And I think that that is just such a beautiful thing because 
you know, it's almost kind of like a mentor, you know, again, it, it's not a great situation, but again, to have somebody that, you know, can be there to really guide you through it and help you prepare for it, I think is just extremely, you know, beneficial to so many. And it's, you know, it's a whole different world. And part of the problem is the way that our healthcare system is set up now. It's so convoluted and so complicated that, you know, I feel really bad for the providers for the fact that they sometimes forget they need to dumb it down for some people. And I don't mean that in a bad way. I just mean like they don't use the normal language, right? Like my parents are from, are from Italy. Like I have to attend every, every appointment with them because they don't understand half of the words that they're being said. And it's not their fault. No, right? it's, it's different when you're in the clinical situation versus oh. a normal person. And again, being able to have someone that, you know, speaks to them on their language, you know, exactly. and, and just makes it more real. So, exactly. so I want to ask you, um, it's easy to say, I wish I would have. You know, it's easy to say I ran myself into the ground. I didn't take care of myself. I put myself last. And it's easy to sit back and say, well, if I could do it all over again, I would have taken more vacations and doing those things. But the reality is there are so many of us out there and we are still running on the hamster wheel. And even though it's easy to say I need to make time for myself, the reality is we don't know how. So if you could rewind time, knowing that you had your long days, knowing that you still wanted to put in the quality work that you were doing, how would you have made it work to take care of yourself so that women who are watching you now who are running on that hamster wheel can maybe see just something to bring in a little bit of that into their world? Oh, I love this. So if I could go back in time, I would manage my emotions differently. All right. Tell me more about that. It wasn't the time, the amount of time that it spent at work. It wasn't the, the activities that I was doing. Right. So I was eating clean. I was working out six days a week. Like I was a crazy CrossFit girl, right? Like I, I was in the best shape of my life. I went to all of my appointments and I did my own self exams. Um, I had no family history. There was no reason for me on paper to show up with four masses on my left. Like there was no reason that I just happened to find on my mammogram, right? It was by chance after I had gone to my primary care physician and she felt me up, right? And she didn't feel anything. So the only thing that I could pinpoint it to was really managing my emotions. I took everything personally. I strived to have everything be perfect, I would um, just really not let stuff go. I wasn't surrounding myself with the right people, right? Um, I was just not taking care of myself emotionally. So I felt like part of it was my environment. I worked in a, you know, a white boys club, right? And I felt like I always needed to compete. Mm -hmm. I felt like I, I never was doing enough. I felt like I was being misunderstood, right? I, I, I'm sure this resonates with a lot of people, right? Like, so I put myself in a position where 
before they could even ask me something, I made sure that everything was in place. I put all my ducks in a row and I was really hard on myself. Yeah. Now, and I'm so glad you're bringing this up because I think it's so many people are going to sit there and say to themselves, well, yeah, I'm doing all the right things too. I'm drinking water. I'm eating healthy. I'm going to the gym five days a week, but we have to understand it's more than that. Again, it's, you know, it's hanging on to, oh, I can't go to sleep until the dishes are put away. And, or again, you know, I'm spending time with people who are, you know, energy vampires and doing all those things and thinking that it's more than just, you know, kind of the physical of what we're putting into our bodies. It's that emotional stuff that is too. And sometimes again, learning that we need to let some of that go for our own emotional wellness. Cause I'm not a physician, but I do believe in the mind body connection. And I do believe that on some levels, you know, things can fester inside of us that even though we're doing all the quote unquote, right things, Mm -hmm. we're not taking care of those. Yeah. And what also is coming up for me um, as I'm listening to you is that I was trying to change what I couldn't change Mm. instead of recognizing that it just wasn't a fit. Yes. I could have gone somewhere else and have excelled my own expectations and just really have thrived. I was trying to make it work somewhere where it was a toxic environment that brought out the worst in me instead of the best in me. You know, and I think I'm really hoping that the, the listeners and viewers are keen into that. You need to let go of the things you cannot control because I think we spend too much effort doing that. And we cannot control it. And oftentimes, and this is what I talk about when I speak and when I teach, is that truly the only thing that we can control is our mindset. And our mindset kind of sets the stage for that. But yes, you know, letting go, because when we hang on to others' angers or we hang on to those things, again, it's not serving us. And it takes time to be able to come to terms with that. But when you, you know, I see that a lot now in what I do. For example, today, we got a big snowstorm that just came in last night eight inches of snow, you know, I can't control if my plane's going to get out on time. It'll work out the way that it needs to work out. Everyone's going to continue living. It'll find a way it'll work out, but it's completely out of my control. Whereas four years ago, I would have not slept last night because I would have been worried. I would have been checking my phone every 30 minutes. You know, I would have bet I can't do anything about it. So, you know, it's given me such a level of peace you know, because I'm like, nothing I can do. So I love that. I thank you for bringing that up. And it's also true with people. Mm-hmm. We, have ex- we have expectations of people. We expect them to treat us X, Y, or Z, or we expect them to do A, B, and C. But sometimes those people that you have close to you in your life can't give that to you. Mm-hmm. So yeah. like you, you need to pay attention to who you're surrounding yourself with. And I don't mean like break up with people, right? Like don't like break up with your family unless it's something you really, really, really want to do. I'm saying add people. Love that. So rather than taking away, add the right people to sort of offset the other ones. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Like if, you know, and that's what my cancer journey taught me is that like the people closest to me couldn't handle my diagnosis. Like, I love my mom, but like, I would go to her and she'd start, you know, praying to the rosary. And I'm like, mom, that's not what I need right now. I need you to just like, right? Like, I'm still here. Like, I haven't died yet, right? And so 
I know that I can't share certain things with her because it throws her, you know, in a spiral. So I, I had to add other people where I'm like, okay, this is what I'm dealing with. This is how I'm feeling like help mm-hmm. and have it be okay. That certain people in your life are not going to be able to handle certain things. Yeah. I love that. And I love the idea of rather than just simply cutting people out again, know what they can and can't do, but then replace them with other people. So that's fantastic. So you've been on this amazing journey, um, you know, some hard times, but also some lessons learned. So let's talk about the next chapter. So what is next for Lori? Oh, I love this question because I'm so excited. So I am... Oh, I've worked so long with um, my cancer concierge, which is what I like to call it, you know, supporting people as they're going through their um, journey. And then I realized I'm like, okay, so when that journey is over, we're kind of left on our own, right? The resources you have are gone away. And what's next? You're not the same person you were at the beginning. You're not the same person that you thought you were. What The dreams and the hopes and the wishes that you had before ha- are different now. And a lot of us are like, okay, I've been there, done that. Forget about that. I want to create something new. Yeah. So I have started a new program, which is a um, monthly membership that I walk people through every facet of their life. We do one-on-one coaching, group coaching. I have tons of resources available and it's called the joy program and it's really taking people from where you are now and you know putting things in action instead of waiting for the someday and doing it with the support of a community and i am so someday is not a day of the week right Right. And I'm so excited about it because the transformations that are happening with people that are really stepping into their power mm-hmm. through this community has been just really amazing. Yeah. And I love how you're looking at, you know, different areas of their world, but then you're also, you know, offering to do it one-on-one, but then also again, bring the community because I think that there is so much strength when we start sharing our stories and start working together. Yeah, absolutely. Like I we need a tribe and we need the right tribe. We need to surround ourselves by the right people. Um, And that's why I, I, you know, like I said, add these people. Yeah. I love that. They will, they will show up for you for sure. Absolutely. And we're going to have all your contact information and all the information where they can find out more about your programs if they want to join on with you. But I wanted to, you know, start to bring this together and, you know, say if you could have, you know, one message, you know, to kind of spread to not just today's woman, but tomorrow's woman, what would be a message that you want to leave with our listeners and viewers today? Oh, I love this. Um, I would say as a woman, we have so much on our shoulders, right? Guys tend to brush stuff off. We're really intuitive and we, how do I want to say this? Let me give you an example. I have a I have a male dog who's super chill. He doesn't care about much. He just shows up and he's like, hi, mom. And then I have a female, Lucy, who is like, what's going on? What's happening? Where do I need to be? How do I need to go? What do I need? Where's the food? Where's this? Where's that? And like, she cannot chill, (laughs) right? And it wasn't until I got her that I realized I'm like, this is women sometimes, We feel that we have to be responsible for everything. 
that we have to be aware of our surroundings. You know, I think it's in, I think it's, um, by nature, it's instinctual for us, right? It's like when we walk, walk down a dark alley as women, we're always looking over our shoulders, whereas men are like, whatever, right? So if you remember anything about this conversation is that you don't have to do it all. Yeah. Love it. Do the things that light your soul on fire. Do the things that will bring out the best in you because sometimes we take responsibility for doing things that don't bring out the best in us. Mm-hmm. And that's, not a, that's not a way to live. I love it. Well, Lori, thank you so much for being here and sharing your story with us. You know, really just went over some great things about, you know, understanding that we need to surround ourselves, you know, with the right things. And we need to make sure that we are, again, living in joy for what we're doing. And then also, again, I love that nugget of being able to let go of the things that we cannot control. And that when we can, you know, live and just really appreciate what is around us and, again, do the things that really light us up, that's how we're going to be able to maintain that quality of life and and leave the, leave the mark that we know we can leave. So, Lori, thank you so much for being here and sharing time with us today. Thank you so much. And to all of you following, thanks for being here for another episode of the Working Women's Channel. I am Clara Capano. Remember, you can follow all of these on our podcast stations and also on my YouTube page, Moments of Clarity. And remember, live in your joy. Light yourself up every day and make sure that you are giving your best to yourself first and foremost. So we'll see you next time. 